there, there's nothing hard about like podcasting is the easiest thing in the world you it's so easy you just do it you just have to believe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. i didn't look up any time context for this one because i yeah, was me too neither. i was too enamored by how good the book is it's so fun i didn't know if you guys wanted anything from me as a guest in terms of like coming up with my own stuff to say but i'm i'm just I mean, it would be good if you had read it, but that's no, I... <laughs> all we need. Me hearties, welcome to Tan 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 to Tan Tan Tan, the internet's only pirate podcast about Harry's adventures of Tintin. That's all I have for pirate voice. That is all you're gonna hear. I am finished. I am out. I am Sarah McCostumes, your host. I'm your other host, Janosh. Uh, and I am sitting very comfortably right next to this huge portrait I have on my wall of someone who looks exactly like me, but who's <laughs> dressed in all time clothes. And that's actually my ancestor, so watch out. Okay, Janosch, I know you're doing a bit right now. Yeah. This has happened to me. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I can't even change it because my granddad has this exact same thing, or did, he's dead now, but he had this painting above his fireplace that was like the spitting image of him, but it was this guy from like the 1800s who was a relative, but I was there like, wow, that's granddad in an old timey beard. <laughs> yeah, there's like there's like a painting of an ancestor of mine, um... <laughs> And from like 1812, from when he was like a 12 year old boy, and like I oh think God. me and my family came across it <laughs> in a museum somewhere, and my dad was like, "Sarah, that's you," and I was like, "What?" And my mom was like, "Oh my God, that's you!" And then we learned, like, we discovered that I had like a famous ancestor that no one had known about before. Oh my God, <laughs> incredible! And I'm sorry, but incredible that he was a 12 year old boy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the the gr- the grown up pictures of him didn't look as much like me, but you know I was like fifteen at the time. So. Okay, okay, so that makes more sense. I was. Gonna... Yeah, I thought it was like just extremely rude of your parents, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's also yeah. insane. Like speaking of ancestors who look exactly like you, it's also just insane that I don't know if any of you have seen images of Joe Hill, who is. Stephen King's son. He started his, his career as being like, I'm not gonna say that I'm Stephen King's son so I can make a career on my own, but he looks, <laughs> has the exact, it doesn't just look like his dad, he also has the exact same haircut and beard and glasses as what Stephen King had in the uh, 80s. So it's Wait, just... I, okay, so you, first of all, you've just informed me that Joe Hill is Stephen King's son. Yeah. Which I didn't know before. This shows you you've never a seen a picture of, of Joe Hill. Quick. I I've just seen a picture of him. He just looks like Stephen King with more hair. Yeah, <laughs> that's Stephen King with a fake beard. That's but he had this exact beard in the eighties. Okay, well there we go. <laughs> this is. Who are you, Good by job. the way? We have a guest on our uh, show. Me, yeah, well I didn't I didn't know if you were going to introduce me. Um, and you know do like a whole fun build up where you sing my praises, but I can I guess I can introduce myself. That's also fine. <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. 
You don't have to read my credentials. <laughs> um, I'm I'm your guest, uh, Robin. Um, you you may know me from such hit podcasts as Who Watches the Watch and uh, the Kvothe Killer Chronicles, both of which uh, uh, the hosts of this podcast are on. So, except Sarah's uh, no, not on. No, I'm not. Who watches the watch? But but. Uh, <laughs> Made more and they're in spirit. <laughs> you you read my spirit. names in the credits. We do. Sometimes. So, you, so technically you're there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We always like, read your name in the credits. Yeah, even when I wasn't subscribed. I've done that the whole time. <laughs> it's really, I feel really honoured. We knew. We just knew that you would. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you pressured me into it. Yeah. Um, That's me. So yeah, sorry, I was... Uh, I was um, yes, Robin, um, while we have your attention, while we have failed to introduce your credentials, will uh-huh. you tell us a little bit about your history with the uh, works of Hergé, The Adventures of Tintin? Um, well, I mean, it's not like anything crazy out of the ordinary. I just read them because my dad had like all of them um, as the like comic books, as if there's an- another... <laughs> Can you imagine if they did like a Tintin um, just novel, like no pictures or anything? That would be very funny. Um, Tintin light novel. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, my dad had all of them, so I just I just read them because I was like, oh, comics. Um, and uh, it's it's kind of like only as an adult that I realized that he did have all of them. So one of the <laughs> so like I I did read like Tintin in the Congo and stuff. Um, and all the all the interesting ones amongst the others. Um. Those ones didn't stick in my head the most. The ones that stuck, I just love Captain Haddock. That's all I can say. I just, I just, I want to marry Captain Haddock. <laughs> um, you and Tintin both. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're boyfriends. Um, Captain Haddock yeah. is kind of like a salt daddy. I don't know how to say <laughs> Salt daddy is an excellent, excellent phrase. Uh-huh. Because he's too, oh he's not, he's not like doting enough to be a sugar daddy he's not like (laughs) (laughs) do you know what i mean like he's not like giving tintin money but he is yeah he's a salt daddy i don't know how else to explain it i mean honestly what he is giving tintin is just kind of like minor abuse (laughs) by accident (laughs) yeah but like i mean that was i forgive him so yeah and he's allowed as a treat his his first appearance was so different from like everything else. Like it's it's wild how much like just in the last book, just in the shooting style, he was an entirely different character than the Crab with the Golden Claws. And now his yeah. like it's I don't know, it just feels like every course corrected really hard on the <laughs> Do you think he just got fond of him and was like Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe he maybe he just I could see that that he just didn't really intend to have him as a recurring character at first so he could he could have him be like this pathetic uh, mm. iconic in the first book <laughs> he's fun i don't know he's he's very good in this one i love him um he's i mean i would argue he's the main character now <laughs> he's the main yeah. character make i mean, definitely in this one this this and the um, Red Rackham's treasure are like incredibly headache centric. So this is this is like, and I don't know if it's just because. So this past like week, I've been reading through like the entirety of Sherlock Holmes, like all of the books, 
Okay. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was funny reading this, and now that we've brought up the whole like main character thing, it is really interesting because there's a similar kind of dynamic in that the story is told through Tintin's perspective, i.e. Watson, but it is like about Haddock. Yeah. But also, Tintin is the Sherlock Holmes of the story. But Tintin is the detective. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but that's true. But also, Haddock is my favorite, so I'm... <laughs> yeah, yeah. This the yeah, emotional like... core yeah. of... <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, Haddock is the... I say this every time, that he's the most popular character in the series. But I think, like, by this point, it should be very obvious yeah. why. yeah. He's fun. Um, let's yeah. talk about the secret of the unicorn. Mm-hmm. What could it be? What could it be? This this what uh, could the secret comic be? has a four point two nine on Goodreads, which is pretty high. <laughs> that's very good. That's, is that's it higher good. than Hamlet? That's as high as yeah. it can be. It's higher than Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it uh, is I, the I, highest rated. Interesting. Of the Tintins? Yes. At least. I mean, it definitely is until that book. I'm um, just scrolling down. I think mm. it might be the highest rated, which means I win the podcast. So, <laughs> oh no, well, we we gotta hand it to you. Oh no, th- those are anthologies, so I do win. <laughs> okay, not even Tintin and Tibet. That's that's interesting. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, this. The, I mean, it's also the one that the Spielberg movie is based on, so I could see like yeah. more people checking this one out yeah just when that came out i don't know if you're gonna read one tintin it's probably gonna be this one and then you're gonna get to the end of it and be like but that's not the end of the story i have to read (laughs) red rackham's treasure now and then probably read that uh kind of feels like treasure is a 0.01 point off this one so people enjoyed that one too Hmm. Hmm. yeah Um, but yeah tibet is a close third that makes sense Uh yeah let's get into it um let's get into it you know she had something very controversial controversial to say about the first page did you what was it oh <laughs> i was just i was just really surprised that this is the this is the first one we've read that this doesn't start with uh where the first panel isn't tintin walking head empty <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's the third panel sorry fourth panel yeah. instead <laughs> still improvement and, yeah. and like just like jokes aside you know this is also because I, I I was just editing the King Otokar episode and there we talked about how like for all of these stories it's like just Tintin stumbling into some mystery and this is I mean maybe the reason why it's the most popular one is that Azure figured out that he can make these stories like personal or like relate to the characters of the story. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not just like here are some randos that Tintin yeah. has to figure out a mystery about, like. Here is his best friend that Tintin has to figure out a mystery about. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah. So the the opening sort of plot hook is like there's pickpockets. Um. And the Thompson twins are like in the market looking for pickpockets, and Tintin is also in the market, and like everyone's doing some shopping and picking up goods and stuff. Not a lot else going on. <laughs> there's there's thieves. <laughs> well, I I do like that the the Thompsons are buying like <laughs> yeah eight walking sticks at once. <laughs> They're the guys from the math problems. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I just love that Hergé was like, "Okay, the Thompsons are here. Like, what, 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 what would a Thompson twin buy?" And it's like, there's only two options: it's either walking sticks or bowler hats. And he already yeah. did bowler hats like <laughs> so two episodes good. ago. Sometimes the best characters you write are the ones who have like, because because they have so few. It it just makes 
the fact that they have so few character traits makes them so much funnier. Like the <laughs> yeah. fact that they don't have any like other interests other than like bowler hats and walking sticks is just, just genius. I love I I love the Thompson twins so much. I I loved when I was reading this first. I was kind of like when they had lines. I like to speak them out loud in like a Cockney voice, just because <laughs> I find it entertaining. <laughs> so just them being like highly confidential. I love that. Just like the two of them having the thickest London accent ever. It's my favorite thing. Yeah, and I just like that. Like I guess they're based on like a. Belgian policeman stereotype but it just it translates so perfectly into like London Cockney bullshit and, and it's see, great that's the thing because when I read them I don't even think about the Belgians I'm just like those are two British guys <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably because they're dumb I'm just like yeah they have British energy they do they have like Monty Python sketch character energy absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> um and they yeah they have like a like a skit where they're gonna buy this job lot of walking sticks and like both their wallets have been stolen. This is the first time out of like maybe like six times their wallets get stolen <laughs> in the next like three pages. Um, it's a really good bit. Uh, the payoff to the stolen wallets is so perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's. I did not. I saw that. I did not see that one coming. Like. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um but and it also just like made complete sense. I'm just like, damn Herja, you did it. Um but what Tintin finds that he wants to buy, he finds like a nice model ship and he's like, Oh my god, I should give this as a present to my boyfriend, Captain Haddock. Mm-hmm. Um and like It's so cute. It's yeah, so cute. Yeah. The fact that he thinks of him immediately It's come on. I just his love language is gift giving. I just I'm Exactly just <laughs> Exactly. Oh, I love but them. But as soon as Tintin buys the ship, like some other guy comes up behind him and is like, "I want to buy the ship." Followed by like yet another guy being like, "I want to buy the ship. Give me the ship." And Tintin is like, "No, no, 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 no. No amount of money is worth like how pleased this will make my boyfriend. Like, I this is my ship. Fuck off." Which it's is actually- incredibly sweet because they're offering him like 20 to 30 pounds or Yeah. I don't know what that is in today currency. That's what I want to know. It's got to be a lot. Like the guy, the guy sold it to him. He was like, "Give me a quid," and Tintin said, "I'll give you seventeen and six, Which I don't know what that means, but it's less than a quid. It's like no, um, but it's it's before like, I mean, t- t- again, I'm reading this with like a the the UK headset. Not that you're uh-huh. not, but <laughs> like the whole like pre-decimal money system where like you could have six shillings to a tuppence or some shit. Like, and nothing made sense whatsoever. Yeah, and, the, um, and the, the like, so he pays less than a quid for it and the, the the people like start like eBay outbidding him and like someone offers him like 30 quid for it so like over 30 times what he paid for it and he's like, no, I'm giving it to my friend who's my husband. It's good. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's I mean, I guess at this point is also like, if everyone wants to, I mean, it's weird that everyone wants this ship, so of course I'm not gonna sell it to them. Like, I can also understand that. Like, at, at that point, I would also be like, no, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, it's mine yeah. now. I bought you it. have, I think you have more willpower than me because I think if people were offering that much <laughs> money, I'd be like, yeah, okay, fine, I'll buy them a cheaper ship. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, sure, it doesn't have to be the specific one. It's yours. And yes, I would miss out on a larger treasure, but you have to consider that I'm the person who would fail the marshmallow test every single time. Mm. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but, but, Robin, what if it was for the love of your life? Well, <sighs> mm? Mm? 
But then the love of my life doesn't like boats, so <laughs> his dad likes boats. Uh, well, <laughs> that's I can't argue with that. Exactly. Yeah, I can't argue uh, with that. I, I like I like about this scene also just like the it's just it's just a good plot hook in a like a, a more interesting p- plot hook in a way than uh than Tintin just like running into something or like finding something which was which was like the previous ones because there's like there's like this certain thrill to finding something at the flea market and be like there's there's like there's like this inti- intrigue to I, I don't know where this could have come from right well I mean because mm-hmm. it could happen to anybody yeah and yeah. also it's him like stumbling onto something that affects him which is nice and honestly, it's like the, one of the you know the first time Tintin has ever displayed agency because he made the decision <laughs> to buy the ship. Yeah, yeah, and then he made the decision to keep the ship as well. Yeah, like he, it's fun. What else? Yeah, like the collectors, like like they come to Tintin's house, like talk to him, like give him a business card and stuff. Um, on this pages, uh, Snowy, a uh, little bastard, uh, like knocks the ship to the floor, breaks a mast off. Tintin is like, "Oh no, I've got to glue it back together before Captain Haddock comes." Um, at which point Captain Haddock comes and he's like, "Nanny the fuck." <laughs> <laughs> That's what he says. That's what Hergé wrote for him. Yeah. Yeah, when Hergé was like, "Ah, oh, goddammit, I need to make, I need to make Haddock be able to swear, but I can't use." Real swear words, and I realized you could just let have him say "nani the fuck." <laughs> yeah, if you put a if you put a Japanese word before the swear word, it like invalidates it. And yeah, yeah. It out. <laughs> yeah. He says this because, well, he doesn't say it immediately. Why? But he's just Tintin. Where did you find this? What a magnificent ship. What a remarkable coincidence. This can't be. Uh, come with me, and then he shows he shows that at his place there's a portrait of this guy who looks exactly like him. He has this exact same ship. <gasps> yeah, there's the ship. There it is. Yeah. Um, we learned that this guy in the portrait with the ship that Tintin just bought behind him is one of his ancestors, Sir Francis Haddock, who lived in the reign of Charles II, which is. What's that, like 1600 and some shit? Yeah, I have no idea. I think it looks kind of like... You're the costume expert. <laughs> yeah, I, judging by the clothes, this is like a 1680s uh, time frame. But this... Um, maybe, this does confirm... 1700. This does yeah. confirm what we've been talking about a few episodes ago, where we were like... Uh, I didn't even realize uh, Haddock was supposed to be British. But like in, in, this, in this case, the unicorn very clearly has a Union Jack on it. I can't relate yeah. to either of you in that. I mean, the thing is, I didn't know that... <laughs> it's probably something I should have mentioned in my my introduction. Yeah. I didn't realize that Hergé was not English um, until... Yeah, so to you, everyone was British. Yeah, I, I was just like, all media is British. <laughs> why? why would... <laughs> Listen, I was born in England and raised in England. That's my entire mindset. It's just, um, everything is British. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah, I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> so everybody intended to me reads as British, which is probably why I always think of the Thompsons as being like proper Cockneys. But no, but like I think that like the translation encourages that. Yeah, yeah, and like the the translation kind of also sort of relocalizes Tintin to Britain. Like yeah. it doesn't, you know, 
go out of its way. To, like, and I do think occasionally. I do. I have a memory of Tintin somewhere saying, "I gotta get back to London," and then he returns to his home. Like, yeah. I don't That's know what weird. this was in, or if it's an implanted memory. But like, <laughs> no, I have it no feels, idea. But yeah. I believe you. Like that—that yeah. that seems like something that I read, and it—it it, it always seemed to me to be set in Britain, but I never like questioned it. Which is which is mad because his of... name is. I mean, I know it's not his real name, but Hege is not. <laughs> it doesn't sound British, does it? Yeah, there's a little accent on that. We don't have those funny little things in no. English. No, <laughs> it's it's exotic, is what it is. <laughs> it, is like, it did used to be a thing in like, especially media intended at children or at like young readers that the translations would like softly softly soft relocalize them like mm. in not not necessarily in an ace attorney way where it's like where they change all the japanese place names to america and then that brings more and more complications later <laughs> yeah <laughs> or like what else does it was that in what what children's anime had the character who's eating sushi eat like fucking meatballs oh the jelly donuts i think that's pokemon i think pokemon is the jelly yeah. donuts thing <laughs> Yeah, the jelly donuts, that's what I was thinking of. But like, um, a lot of them would be like, we're just going to omit everything that is like relating to place, uh, place names and give everyone, like translate everyone's names properly. Like even the, I remember like the, in the Hungarian translations to Harry Potter, uh, every character's name was also given like a proper Hungarian name. Really? With, with the exception of the main character. I was going to say, what or was Harry would... Potter called? <laughs> well, Harry Potter was still Harry Potter, but like a lot of the like all the houses were given Hungarian names. Like, yeah, it's... yeah, I remember that from the Brazilian translation as well. Actually, not yeah. not to like drag us away from from Tintin, but can you tell me what the Hungarian house names were, please, please? Uh, it was Gryffindor was Gryffindor, okay, uh, Ravenclaw was Sarkalab. Uh, mm. what was? I don't remember what Hufflepuff was. Uh. I'm, I'm just, just gonna... so entertained by them taking like nonsense words in English and then translating them to nonsense words in Hungarian. Like that's fun. And also they changed Hogwarts to Roxford. I don't know why. What, yeah, like it the was cheese. Oh my god! It's it's <laughs> like the I, cheese. I remembered what I remembered the house names. So it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was supposed to be like the cheese. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm it was just, called Gryffindor, um... Mardekar, Hugrabuk, and Hollowhat. I've just remembered because the word for the Hufflepuff in Portuguese was Lufa Lufa, <laughs> <laughs> which I, I do vaguely remember. I remember it being really funny. Yeah, the character names weren't translated. Well, some of the characters' names were translated, but not all of them. So, like, hey, what was Cho so- Chang called in Hungarian, Janos? <laughs> Probably Cho Chang. Yeah. Um, but like <laughs> fucking like Neville Longbottom was the same or Harry Potter was the same. But then they they translated McGonagher to McGolagon. <laughs> uh, Sorry. It's not even that funny. It just is. Can you say it again? McGolagon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and there was like one other. Oh, yeah. They, they, they changed. They changed Snape to Piton. <laughs> Python. Does like, that mean like, the, like the Python's snake. Yeah. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I respect that change. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I can't tell you any other Brazilian ones because I never actually read them in Portuguese. I just saw the merch. 
That's fine. Um, I, I, we're not going to berate you for not reading. <laughs> Listen, I still read it just in English. Um. Anyway, uh, it's I do like this detail in Haddock's house that every like picture on his wall is of of a different of like all kinds of different ships, and then there's also like this this little ship in a bottle. Uh, on his yeah. table, like he's just really into ships. It's yeah, cute. like this bitch love boat. That's those are his emotional support boats. Exactly. Yeah. He is sea. It's like if it's it's like that bit where like wh- what's that thing that people associate with you so much that they keep sending you every tweet about it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's... Tintin nonstop sending Captain Haddock like boat memes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I saw this and thought of you. <laughs> I mean, it's it's literally what happens here, just in real life. Like he he sees a he sees a boat in real life, and he's like, "Oh, Hedok would love this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but that's a, such a strong sign of their friendship. Like you have that with people, you know, right? Where you see yeah. something in real life, and you're like, "I have I have to buy this for this person. I know they yeah. don't need it. I know I don't need to buy it, but it would be so perfect." And he does that, and it's such a like Sarah like you said it's a love language I'm obsessed <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh, so next page uh, what we find out that this ship is called the unicorn um, and then Tintin is like whoa I gotta go take a look at this goes back to like get the ship and oh no it's been stolen um, very very sad Tintin is like god damn it must have been those fucking collectors mm-hmm. uh, so we're we're like on the hunt for the ships here or for the, for the ship mm, it's pretty good intrigue yeah it's like you know whenever um like the fetish stuff from broken <laughs> ear yeah. um but like done like actually done well yeah this yeah. time <laughs> um, didn't, i didn't know where you were going with that one at first <laughs> We all know fetishes are small statues. We do, uh, Robin. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I have an archaeology degree. Don't talk to me about fetishes. <laughs> <laughs> I was there when the deep fetishes were exactly. magic. Um, <laughs> yeah, he. I have he an goes. Degree. Don't talk to me about fetishes. It's such a good. Like, I'm going to tweet it right now. Inspirational quote. <laughs> Yeah, when they say, well, what do they teach you at archaeology school? Now we know it's all about fetishes. fetishes. (laughs) Um, You know, all these ancient artifacts indicate such and such a fetish uh, in this culture. Um, It was ceremonial, probably. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Tintin <laughs> goes to like the first collector's house, and like, like the the ship is there. And Tintin is like, "What the fuck? Like, that's my ship. Give me that bag." And he's like, "No, actually, this is <laughs> another ship, separate. It just looks exactly the same of yours, same as yours." Um, Tintin like doesn't believe him at first, but remember when the mast got broken? Mm. This new ship doesn't have a broken mast, so Tintin is like, "Oh, okay. I guess it is like a different one. There's just like two versions of this thing." Um, people love to make models of this specific ship. Yeah, yeah, it's important for some reason. I wonder. I wonder why. I wonder why? what its secret is. What is the secret of this? It's weird that all these people wanted this ship so much when apparently, like everyone has a model of it. Yeah, yeah, weird. I guess you would just have to buy all of the models to <laughs> just crack them all open. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. Yeah. <laughs> 
Gotta crack them um, all. There's a funny sequence here where Tintin is like, damn, that's weird. I gotta, I gotta tell the captain about this. Gotta tell the boat facts to the captain. And then he goes to find a telephone booth, but there's someone in the phone booth and they spend like ages and ages and ages like talking in the phone booth while Tintin is waiting out in the rain. And then I'm pretty sure this is Castafiore, right? It looks, she looks like... She yeah. has a similar profile, but I don't think it's her. She looks older. It might just be more like a character type than I it is specifically so. her. But, I mean... Because he's too annoyed with her. Otherwise, I think he'd be, like... I don't know. No, I don't think she dresses like Castafiore. Like, she's not glamorous enough. Yeah, okay, actually, that's true. Not glamorous Yeah, she's, she's She has a little dog, but... Mm. Yeah. It's not enough jewels. <laughs> I like yeah, this true, panel true. where, where like, after she comes out to the phone booth and it stops raining, the next panel is just Tintin and Snowy both shooting, like, this glare <laughs> at her. Snowy yeah. is also pissed off. I yeah. love him. Best dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like, it does seem like Tintin is glaring at the woman and Snowy is glaring at her dog. Yes! Oh, <laughs> yeah. I hadn't even noticed that, but you're so right. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he like can't reach the captain, so he's like, "Guess I'll go home." Goes home. His entire flat has been ransacked. God, that must have fucking sucked back then. To like, oh, I want to call my friend, and then you wait outside of a phone box for half an hour in the fucking pouring rain, and then you call your friend, and he's not home, and you can't leave a message because answer phone doesn't exist, and you can't yeah. text him because texting doesn't exist. And then, like, you're like, oh, we'll go home. And then fucking burglars have gone into your house. This is just what it was like back then. Yeah, that's why they did so much cocaine. <laughs> it's so fucked up. <laughs> the, ever since, like, that, that Mabimbam bit of, like, the, how did people in vampire times know how to <laughs> meet? <laughs> yeah. That's just, I just keep thinking about that constantly. It must have been so complicated. Like, I know. It's like... Meet me at this crossroads in like three Tuesdays from now, and you just gotta yeah. fucking hope. Yeah, because what if they don't turn up? What are you gonna do? <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> fucking walk the seventeen miles back to your house for three <laughs> days again? I swear to God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do. I, I I will say that what this woman and Fifi, uh, her tiny dog, do is inexcusable <laughs> behavior. Like. If you like, because like these days, you know, if you take up a phone booth to not be in the rain, whatever, everyone has has mobile phones. Yeah. But like back in the 1940s, it's this was you know, this was like a this was like a Hergé personal gripe. This happened to him. I probably, it I probably, this. yeah. He was there, yeah. like, wow, you know, the like Hannibal Buress, women be shopping. This is like women. <laughs> Women be staying in phone boxes while it's raining. <laughs> Damn phones. <laughs> um, we get some revolutionary LGBTQIA plus representation <laughs> here um, because uh, Tintin like looks around his ransacked house and then he says, very queer thieves. They haven't taken a thing. <laughs> uh, queer thieves would never steal from, from the proletariat. From, yeah, from the proletariat. They just wouldn't. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's part of the, like, be gay, do crime um, code of honor. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Don't steal uh-huh. from fellow gays. Gonna go viral when I say bisexuals be like, ransack someone's house but don't take anything. <laughs> yeah, that's such a bisexual stereotype. <laughs> Just mess it around. Bisexuals are always doing this. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, I do, and I feel like this was a Tumblr post from a while ago, I do firmly believe Tintin is trans. 
I could see that. You guys are, you guys are so silent. I've been thinking <laughs> about like, it. I was thinking about it. Tintin is trans. Like this had never occurred to me, but like, yeah. You're right. Confirmed. He's so he's so short. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just I thought I thought it was more like his round head. Like Yeah. It's what the gender fluid does to your body. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um and also Snowy's trans. This has already been confirmed. We know yeah. this. This is a fact. Um how should they confirmed yeah. it in a tweet? <laughs> 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 but yeah, um, after Tintin figures out that the queer thieves hasn't take anything from his house, uh, the like Thompsons come round. Uh, they've like had the shit beaten out of them for some reason. It's really funny that they've had both of them have had the shit beaten out of them in like identical ways. <laughs> like they both yeah. have the same black eye and the same like bandage cross on the same cheek. It's cute. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I think this was like from the beginning of the comic back when they accidentally we skipped over this bit, but uh, oh they, yeah, they accidentally stole or like took someone's suitcase because because it got stuck in their like walking sticks. Yeah, God, yeah, yeah. Like they get arrested as being the pickpockets that they're there <laughs> to find. Yeah, um, which is honestly just a classic Thompson twins move. Yeah, it is. I appreciate about them like that's what makes it so funny to me is yeah. that they always like really take it like gentlemen. <laughs> they just yeah. don't let themselves be bothered by like by having a blue eye and like uh, bandages on their faces. Like they just they just keep going forward with everything. Do like they just have this like stoic attitude to to everything that is so funny. Do you think that in the modern day the Thompson twins would be doing like rise and grind TikTok? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like they're doing like joint workouts. You know, you get like couples yoga, but they're doing it for like the <laughs> twins yoga. Okay, imp- important question like are they do are, do they have like the same tiktok account or do they like duet e- each other they have the same tiktok account okay okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's called like tintin duets yeah 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 i could i could see them do like if if tintin does uh buzzfeed unsolved uh they they could also be doing like a similar thing when they where they're like uh the posting about investigating something they just never really get to a result <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. like you know a, a true crime podcast where there's just like no leads and no like anything they're just telling you yeah things. but like the yeah. hosts are just so earnest and funny in like an accidental way that it's like the number one true crime podcast yeah. it's like and it's like the only valid true crime podcast because they never find out enough facts facts <laughs> to like exploit yeah. the victims and whatever yeah, they don't accuse anybody because they literally have no idea who to accuse. Yeah. So no one ever gets wrongfully persecuted online because of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like himbo true crime podcasters. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're currently it. still trying to find uh, who the pick- pickpocket is who stole their wallets. Um, yeah, importantly, because... like they arrive at Tintin's house and both their wallets have been stolen uh, once again. Yeah. And like, yeah, Tintin like sends them on their way, and then when he's tidying his house, he finds a little piece of paper uh, under one of the drawers. That is, Snowy finds a little piece of paper. Ah, yes, yes. Which I think 
he yeah he he figures out that it must have been inside the little mast of the yeah. ship once Snowy broke it. I I really like how how the page ends with uh, where could this have come from? That's the final panel, and then on the next page he's like, I've got it. So like in <laughs> you could imagine in the publication this would have been oh this page ends with this mystery. So you have like as the reader you have like a day to figure it out for yourself. Yeah yeah. But, but reading yeah. the comic book, he's just like. Nice, he understood. <laughs> yeah. He's a but, real Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> but it's really cute. I love that he hits his head while he's trying to read it. It's fun. It's just those nice little things. I love Tintin. Yeah. His yeah. stupid hair. It's cute. <laughs> his head is so round. <laughs> it's so just... round. He's like an egg. Um. So yeah, he's the piece of paper has uh, writing on it. This is important, actually. We should probably talk about this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It says um, three brothers joined. I think. I think that's yeah. A D. I think that's what it says. Three unicorns with an E in company sailing in the noonday sun, spelled S-U-N-N-E. Will speak <laughs> for tis from the light that light will dawn and then shines forth. And then there's a bunch of numbers. The eagles cross, and the cross is like drawn as a cross. Oh, I thought that said the eagles T. Maybe it's the eagles T. I think it's the eagles cross. It's the tea of the eagle. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next page is like, Tintin is like, oh, this shit rules. I gotta go tell my boyfriend. Yeah. And like, Tintin, you're a real Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> no, he says that. Yeah. Um, and there's an extended sequence of him trying to get into Captain Haddock's apartment. Yeah. Where like the door is locked, at least not answering. Tintin's like, oh no, maybe he's fucking dead. So like, they basically break in. And Haddock is Haddock is there, uh, and he's he's um, an absolute <laughs> legend, is what he is. He's wearing he's wearing this like hat with a huge red feather, and he has a sword in his hand. Uh, <laughs> at first, he's like trying to chase everyone away by calling them pirates, uh, and then Tintin's like, "I mean, like, don't 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 say just calling them pirates. You know, we got pirates, you dogs." Gherkins, baboons, buccaneers, filibusters, bagpipers, gallows fodder. Robin, that was amazing. Thank you very much for your reading. Yeah, there. that he calls he he calls them every. <laughs> Thank you. You're very welcome. Every 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 name of every mm-hmm. word for pirates, and then Tintin's like, "Hey, it's me," and then he's like, "Hey, it's you. We won. <laughs> we chased them away." <laughs> and Tintin's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and then Haddock yeah. says, uh, "I." This is serious. I am. I am inhibiting the spirit of my ancestor, Sir Francis Haddock. He's kidding him. <laughs> He's kidding. He's channeling him. <laughs> and this next sequence, this is like <laughs> this takes up like fifteen pages of the comic. It's very good. It's so. It's so fucking good. It's like some like, of the best. Like some of Erge's like best like storytelling in or like visual storytelling, right? Mm, like yeah, the way he structured I- this. It, it's it honestly I feel like this like sequence is what makes it so readily adaptable into a movie because yeah. like the, you can just like you read the pages and it's like flashing backwards and forwards between the past and present mm-hmm. and you could just like see it like in film where like Captain Haddock is the actor <laughs> who's playing Haddock is also playing like his ancestor and like they're doing the same like motions and gestures and it just all fits together so perfectly. It's fantastic. Like the whole, the whole, the cuts between work so well like cinematically and also when you're just reading it because it's just, you can really imagine what's going on. And I just yeah. also Haddock falling over the table um, it's just really fun. <laughs> he's he's crazy, and I love him. 
Okay. A one, two, a three, two, one. Crap, that was a bit of a weird <laughs> countdown. Um, I, I started counting to establish a rhythm and then counted at a slower <laughs> rhythm than the rhythm I established. Place. Because I was like, I know I'm going too fast, I gotta slow down, but that's not how it works. Um, yeah, good luck with this one. So. We don't, like, need an intro, because we're not starting no. from the start. We should explain what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello, listeners, it's Sarah and Janusz from, like, a month in the future. Um, we had a terrible accident... A terrible microphone accident and we lost half of, sorry, two-thirds of the audio from the episode. And now we're re-recording the latter half of it. Hi, welcome to Secret of the Unicorn 2! Take 2. Take 2. Yeah, You know what they say about second takes, is that they're always better than the first one. And Yeah, uh, second album, best album always. Yeah. Actually, if you have a guest on your podcast, make sure that uh, you only, like, have have like one third of what they said. Um. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. All the like really funny and interesting things that your guest said about shrimp tin and how Tintin is functionally British in Britain. We didn't think that was important, so we just kind of forgot to yeah. record it. Um We just didn't like it, but we were too afraid to say it. So <laughs> now that yeah, we- now that Robin is gone we can just we can just be Yeah, like... we can say what we really think about Secret of the Unicorn. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Don't I, I Let's let's be completely transparent here. Uh, Robin will be back for the next episode, which is Red yeah. Camp's Treasure instead. Yeah. So uh, you will still get yeah, they're wonderful. Takes. Your your dose of uh, Robin talking about Captain Haddock, um, but not on this one. Not on this one. Um, so uh, l- when last we left our heroes, our podcasters, we were almost about to talk about the part where Tintin goes to Haddock's house and then we have the most wonderful sequence in all of the books. So should we just like pick up there? I do not know how we were able to record 40 minutes without getting to this sequence. Like, It's really not very far into the book. <laughs> I was like, well, probably like at least in the middle of the of the uh, Haddock's uh, diary reading sequence, but apparently not. Um, nope. So we got 13 pages in in uh, 50 yes. minutes. <laughs> so we're on page 14. Uh, Haddock is chasing these other guys out. He's dressed in a... He's wearing this hat and he has the sword in his hand. Um, oh, I said I said that like this happened to me, didn't I? In the part of the recording that got deleted. Hmm... Hmm. Okay. Well, we'll keep talking about it, and I'll keep sort of slightly browsing and see if I can okay, find that. Okay. 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 So this exact situation happens to Haddock here. He's uh, Tintin <laughs> is like, "What the fuck? What are you doing? Why are you dressed up like a pirate? Or uh, I mean, not a pirate, I guess. Why are you dressed up like a guy from the 17th century uh, with mm-hmm. a big floppy mm-hmm. hat? Uh, why do you have that feather in your hat?" Um, What's with the sword? What's with the play acting? Uh, and then Haddock says, no, 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 this isn't play acting. This is serious. Look at this yeah, Haddock portrait. says it's LARPing, actually. <laughs> it's LARPing. It's not dressing up, okay? It's cosplay. It's not the same thing. <laughs> yeah, Tintin. Get it right. Uh, and he shows uh, he shows this old portrait of this guy who looks exactly like him. Um, 
so yeah, because Tintin is like, yeah, it's the ancestor we talked about uh, on the part of the episode that was recorded a month ago. Um, and mm-hmm. I had a like, yeah, but I also found found a chest that contains uh, that contains this hat and this sword, and also the old journal of Francis Haddock, and I've been up reading it all night. Now I'm channeling my ancestor. He sure fucking is. Um, we do, and then we get so Haddock starts telling Tintin a story, and it is like sort of sets up the most legendary like sequence of comics pages, yeah, ever so far in Hergé's repertoire. It's something completely new for Hergé. Like he's not done this before. He has he has nailed down by the last episode we talked about how he has nailed down the dream sequence perfectly. Now he's mm-hmm. stretching his uh, artistic fingers, his, his artistic fingertips, <laughs> too. <laughs> Is that how you say it? Yeah, probably. That sounds right. <laughs> he's, he's, he's stretching his grubby little fingers uh, to, uh, to expand on the realm of... He's cracking them one by one. He's cracking them uh, to, to, uh, to nail down the flashback uh, in... In a very interesting way, in which uh, which will like shift back and forth between panels of like Haddock in present day telling the story, and then him being his own ancestor in the story, uh, and then he will sometimes like act out things uh, in the present day to to funny comedic results. And like it's always so well done because it like whenever we switch between eras and characters like Haddock is always doing like the same pose yeah. as his ancestor because so you can you can feel that you know he's acting out the entire story and like it's it's just really well done basically the the story he tells is like oh his ancestor was a seafarer he ended up like in a tussle with some pirates very dramatic action sequences, incredible drawings of like pirates fighting and stuff. Yeah. And then in the end, Sir Francis Haddock, um, you know, like the pirates take his ship as their ship, and then he sinks the ship, and all of the pirates' treasure like ends up at the bottom of the ocean. And that's basically the story. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of nuances and twists and turns and adventurous moments and specifics, but that's the story in basic. It's just so engaging the way it like shifts between these two uh, perspectives uh, in a way that I was like trying to imagine this like in a film, uh, and it yeah. just doesn't. It it's you can't edit that effectively in the way that just like shifting between the comic panels. Like there's like this fluid movement between the comic panels in the present day and the comic panels panels in in the past with his ancestors that you just can't do with editing. Like it's because you know you could you could animate it. You could it could be done animated. But even that but... I think I think like having the constant movement just doesn't work as well as having the little like white bars between the panels where you you're like in your brain fill in the information that this is now a timescape or this is now this is now that this is now 17th century this is now the 20th century uh hmm. that it's just like you just can't like even even in like animation you would probably just like start with him in present day and then like mostly stay in the past i think uh, mm-hmm. it's just i just i i just think if it was animated you would get like 
because the same character would be doing all of the motions and you yeah. just have the environment changing around him, shifting from past to present. Like, I don't know. I think it could work like that. But even that, even there, you have to do like some tricks, like, I don't know, zoom in on the sword uh, and then switch to the other person. Because you can't just like change the background like fluidly, right? I think you can. Just like slip in a different cell. Just <laughs> make it morph. Yeah, but even then you have to do the morphing. Like I think the yeah, I think the lack of movement just really does it. Just like really uh, does it a lot of favors. Okay, so, so like it's, I'm coming. To, I'm coming around to where you are because yeah. with this, it's like when you're cutting between the two comic panels, and you know you, you're doing the brain work in your head. Yes, the two narratives are existing simultaneously yeah. in your head. And like in your magic, in your mind palace, in your Sherlock Holmes mind palace, like you're seeing both things at the same time, which is not something that you could do in like a screen media. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Like it, uh, the the flow of time is so interesting in comics, where it's like it it all like as you're saying, it exists at at the same time, but you also like you know see how the how the time passes, but you also like perceive them at the same time. It's uh. It's great stuff. So there's that. Like that's really well done. Like all the all the moments where they're doing the same motions or where the motion continues from one to the next. It's just like really fluid. Uh, and then the other thing I really like is just like the pure action of mm. like that panel on like page nineteen, <laughs> where it, oh which, God, which is yeah. just like this big like brawl on the ship with like uh, Francis Haddock in the middle of it, and like just like all these sailors and pirates like this this like this, this is just like really really well really readable like controlled chaos right like where you just it's just all of them are like engaged in these different things uh but you also it also just like kind of like goes out from the middle where like Haddock is yeah yeah i just and all the draw like all the way boats are drawn it's like this such a luxurious like all the boat details are there yeah of like a 17th century like galleon or whatever their boats are called yeah and like as as the action is like ramping up you know it also keeps happening in as we said it also keeps happening in like real life with Haddock and Tintin uh and then it's like it it gets to a point where uh where Haddock knocks down this like chandelier thing is it chandelier is that a lamp it, okay so this it's a chandelier this? made out of a ship's yes. wheel and i'm i just i love that this is in haddock's house it's <laughs> also haddock is never getting his deposit back after this no <laughs> yeah he's yeah he's he's getting very into it he knocks down the chandelier it hits him in the head um <laughs> And then he said, well, that's also what happened to Francis. Uh, he also got knocked down when something knocked on his head. And when he woke up, the pirates have taken over his ship. And he mm. is tied to this mast. I Yeah, so like that that's a little break from Haddock and, and Sir Francis Haddock sort of doing the same poses. Because obviously Haddock has not tied himself to the mast. No. Not that I think he wouldn't, but I just don't think he can. Um... But then this is kind of where it switches narratives between, well, 
It switches modes because, like, Haddock is sitting down again after having, you know, busted up his own apartment. He's sitting down and he's, like, trying to have a drink. And then as he's telling the story, like, Tintin is keep keeps, like, coming up with reasons that, like, he shouldn't drink. Um, like, but, and this is all, like, incorporated into the story. So, like... I mean, it's also, it's... The, the, an interesting thing about this is that, like... Because like the, the the start of this this drinking thing is that uh, Francis Haddock now being tied up is dying of thirst because he doesn't get his rum. Yeah. Uh, but then but then Haddock keeps coming up with these other characters who are drinking rum, like Red Rackham, <laughs> yeah. the pirate who took the ship, or all the other pirates. So it's like yeah, he's not yeah. he's now like trying to drink for all the other characters, but Tintin is like keeping away from him, like. Uh, or didn't you say? Didn't you say they they got ab- abominably drunk? Like you don't, we don't want to get uh, get abominably drunk. That's not a that's not a nice adjective, or that's not that's not the thing you want to like associate with. Where is it? There's a part where okay, yeah, here it is. Um, like so, Red Rackham, so not Red Rackham. So Francis Haddock like frees himself from being being tied up, and then Haddock is like, ah. Oh, and he hurled himself on uh and then Tintin is like, oh, he hurled himself on the pirates? And Haddock is like, no, on a bottle of rum. He opened it and put it to his lips, and like as Haddock is holding a bottle of rum, at which point like Tintin interjects and like Tintin takes over the narrative of the story. Tintin grabs the bottle of wine and is like, and then he stops. This is no time for drinking, he says. I need all my wits about me. And with that, he puts down the bottle, says Tintin, removing the bottle from Haddock's hands and th- and then you know like they sort of carry on um with the story yeah yeah like at, at which point haddock has like picks a sword back up and we kind of go back to trashing his apartment as <laughs> <laughs> two things he can do drink and he drinks and he trashes things <laughs> <laughs> that's what i do i drink and i trash my apartment <laughs> but not at the same time yeah uh, One thing that he doesn't have, he luckily doesn't have in his apartment though, is like gunpowder. Oh, thank <laughs> God. Like, the, 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 the thing that it's, like, he has this big fight with Red Rackham, uh, he, Francis wins, he, he kills Red Rackham, and it's just in this panel, like, there's, there's one panel where, like, the portrait falls on, uh, falls on Haddock uh, with his head like coming through the bit where like uh, Francis his ancestor's head's head would have been making him yeah. like truly become um Francis in his mind <laughs> Haddock become Francis and then on the next panel we just see we just see Francis Haddock on the oh ship God. looking down at Red Rackham who he killed but we don't see the dead body we just see like we just see the boots at like the edge of the at, at like the corner of the panel it's yeah it's like weirdly macabre you know how she got it in there like snuck it in there under the sensors or whatever yeah yeah i didn't i didn't actually notice that okay i like didn't notice half the stuff that happens in these pages because i'm too busy just looking at the funny pictures <laughs> <laughs> like because like on this page there's like an incredible like single panel of haddock swinging a sword about the place and it's like drawn in that like herge fight style where there's like one body with like six heads and 17 arms and all these legs uh, like just to convey how much motion they're doing eight wagon yes um, maybe, maybe more, more. <laughs> haddock needs legs 
<laughs> Maybe Haddock was a mermaid. Think about that. Yeah. Maybe. Um That's for a different book. It's gonna yeah, be in the next one. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the sort of the, the story ends. There's again a really good night sequence. Um the the way that Herge does them. And there's like a really good nighttime explosion, mm. which is very cool to see drawn. Yeah, because I mentioned the gunpowder earlier, like in this whole like fight scene between Francis and Red Rackham, there's there's just these barrels of powder in the background. Um and in the end, uh Francis lights a fuse and uh, escapes from the ship and blows it all up. And the unicorn is no more. And all the treasure is at the bottom of the ocean. Um yeah, there's a bit where like Sir Francis Haddock like lives on an island for a bit and then sort of comes home and that's like and then he made the 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 ships and the ships have this secret in them and blah 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 here we go yep and he tells he tells his sons to it ends with him telling his sons his his three sons that they need to uh, move the main mast slightly and the truth will come out and that's exactly what Tintin did at the beginning of well what Snowy did at the beginning of the book Mm-hmm. Um. So they figure out. Do they already figure out here that there's a treasure, or is that? Yeah, because like that's the the pirate's treasure. Like yeah. that's it's Red Rackham's treasure. It's the title of the next book. Haha. <laughs> um. Yeah, they like figure out, and they, they sort of figure out that they need the other two pieces of paper that are in the other two ships. So now they have like a proper quest to be going on, and like. Yep. Yeah. Unfortunately, Tintin also doesn't have the parchment anymore, because uh, because <laughs> the pickpocket has been uh, oh yeah doing his doing his criminal activity, doing his filthy filthy crimes, and someone has uh, Tintin is like someone has stolen my wallet. I remember what it said, but um, but the he doesn't. I don't think he remembers the exact le- numbers that are at the end. So he just remembers the text of the riddle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um yeah, so no, first like, of all yeah. first of all they go to like the first like collector like back from the, the market um and they get to his house he's being chloroformed um his little ship has been uh broken and the parchment stolen uh-oh uh-oh uh yeah the master's broken uh and Immediately, the Thompsons show up, and they're like, "We know who did it." Uh, here's a there's a victim lying on the ground, so the culprit has to be Haddock, who is standing right there. This bit is like <laughs> brain genius, like honestly, like <laughs> this is because, so deranged. So yeah, so the Thompsons are like, "There's the culprit. It's Haddock." And Haddock, like, loses his fucking shit. Like, he, he, you know, he starts yelling the slurs, throwing stuff at them for, like, you know, a good sort of two yeah. lines of panels. Um, at he which... calls them, among others, uh, artichokes, uh, baboons, and pyrographers. Mm-hmm. There's some good ones here. Goggler's is pretty good. Jellyfish is a classic. I'm a big fan of miserable earthworms. <laughs> that, that's good to me. That treats me <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. And yeah, like, um, Afterwards, they're like, "No, no, no, Captain! Please calm down, calm down. It, it was just, it was just a social experiment. We know you're really not guilty because if you had actually been guilty, you would have been quite upset." Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it's, it, thank you, Hershey. Good joke. Um, the joke of what if Haddock was upset? That's not <laughs> what it would look like. No. Um, you have passed the crime test. 
<laughs> past the experiment. I've been playing Ace Attorney recently, and I'm at the, at the worst fucking case. Uh, and it's like Ace Attorney one, very good game. Ace Attorney two, pretty bad. And like all the a lot of the conclusions are just like complete leaps of uh of logics. And I'm like, yeah, this what what the what the Thompsons are doing here makes like about as much sense as like anything I had to do in Ace Attorney. I'm sorry, I'm still, like, half-assedly looking for these photos in the background, <laughs> and I just, like, can't find them. I know they're on a drive somewhere, but I don't know where, and it's really sad. It's upsetting. Yeah. Um, but you know who else doesn't find something they're looking for? Uh-huh. Watch that should be there. Uh, the Thompsons look back to the room, and the corpse is gone! Oh no, someone stole him. Lucky the Tintin immediately realizes that he's, he was just not that. He just he was just unconscious and is now just set up in a sofa uh, or an armchair, I guess. We we find the culprit that stole the corpse. It's <laughs> it's it's the guy himself. Yeah. It's just him. So you're there like, who did this to you? And he ends up describing the other um, antique stealer man. Yep. And they're like, oh, it must be him. Um, so, so they go was... to this guy's house. What happened to this guy was the like universal thing that just like everyone did in the nineteen forties, just being chloroformed. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just it's just another chloroforming. <laughs> it happens to it happens to the best of us. It must have been like incredibly easy to get hold on to hold off to uh, to chloroform. Okay, the the, the way the Tintin comics go, it's it's just really just something that happens on a regular Tuesday. Is that you get <laughs> home and your husband has been chloroformed. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so they go to the other antique dealer's house, although not before uh, the Thompson twins show up their new invention of mm. uh, wallet chain. Genius stuff. Well, it's you'd wish it was a wallet chain, but it's a rubber band that holds the wallets. Um, oh yeah, so sorry, rubber, rub, wallet rubber, wallet elastic wallet band. Uh, I I can I cannot see how this would uh, backfire to, onto them. Um, no, I, I can, and it doesn't, it won't. Yeah. It'll be fine. It would be very unlike the Thompsons to come up with new ways to hurt themselves. <laughs> um, I bet yeah. none, of the, none of the two will have any injuries for the rest of this book. <laughs> um, but yeah, when they find the other antiques man, he immediately gets like shot in a drive-by shooting. Mm-hmm. And another thing that just um, happened all the time in the forties. Yeah, yeah, like you know, I, yeah, a regular Wednesday, um, Wednesday again, drive-by shooting. Yep. Um, but so at the end of this page, it's like, oh my god, he he's fainted, presumably from like the shock of the shooting. Um, it doesn't seem like he's been hit. And then you turn the page and there's a big news article that's like, this guy fucking died! Which Haddock is reading and Haddock is like, oh my god, did you see this guy fucking died? Yep. And I also immediately believed this when I read it. Yeah, me too. I like, I was just like, oh, I guess he's dead. Like, wow. Hey, what a dark twist you've, you've put upon us. I can't believe there's a casualty to this story already. Uh, it's not even... Life is life really is meaningless the way anyone can die in these comics. Um, Twisted, fucked up. One day you're just a ship collector, and the next day you're you're being shot from a car, and you don't even know who it was. And this mm. this is really gonna teach Tintin a lot about uh, 
about how cruel reality is, but it turns out this is not the case. We were being tricked. We were tricked. Um, it was all a ruse. Uh, Tintin um, just told the journalists, the, the the newspapers, to print that uh, that the guy was killed, so that the bad guys think that they were so su- they successfully uh, shot him, and um, and their secret is safe now. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, in fact, mm-hmm. he's just lying unconscious in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. We cut over to like the Thompson twins, and they're they're. Clever wallet invention. Mm-hmm. It works because a guy tries to pick their pocket. He gets like yoinked on the chin, um, and they've cut the pickpocket. Except they haven't, because they, of course, get just hit in the face by their wallets on the elastics. Um, yep. and then proceed to chase after this guy. In the end, they don't catch him, but they do catch his jacket. <laughs> they gra- they they just grab onto him, and he he strips. Uh, strips down of all his clothes and runs away naked. That's not true. He just he just strips off his jacket and his mm-hmm. gloves. Mm-hmm. But a, a gentleman without his jacket is basically naked. I'm I'm sure that was how it worked <laughs> in the 1940s. I don't fucking know. I should probably know. Um, and so Tintin gets a call. But the most important part of Tintin getting this call is um his is who delivers the telephone to him um. This is so good. Snow with the most like in the politest way. Like he's so polite. Snow doesn't like doesn't like jump up and like knock down the telephone and brings it to Tintin. Snow like very politely climbs onto this table and with like with, with like a measured facial expression just like takes down the phone thing. What's it called? What's the top part of a dial phone? Um uh, receiver? I guess, yeah. Maybe <laughs> we're too on our damn. We're too on our damn our mobiles. Damn smartphones that we don't know how proper dial phones work. Uh, what has I become? Don't, I don't know what this is. What is that circular thing? How do you? You don't have any. You don't have Siri on this one. How do you even <laughs> call someone? What is it? What, what? Where do you see the internet on these phones? I don't get it. This isn't a keypad. How do I work this? <laughs> How do I watch TikToks on this one? <laughs> um, so yes, Noe carries the phone very politely over to Tintin. Um, and yeah, the call is like about the Thompsons. Like they find, uh, they they find Tintin's wallet. Um, and I presume the wallet was in the coat that the Thompsons find. Yeah. That like they ripped off this guy. Yes, uh, this right. is this is like a partial W for the Thompsons. Like let's let's be let's yeah. be let's be fair to them. This is like even though they they got like punched into the face w- by their own wallets, they still like got got further ahead in their investigation in in, in the right no, direction. Yeah. So good like I them. I have to hand it to have to hand it to them. Their methods are unusual, but they have results. Usually when someone says their methods are unusual, it's like some fucking dirty hair shit. But th- th- in this case, their methods are unusual because they're they're idiots. <laughs> like, they're very yeah, dumb. Yeah, it's just the methods are getting themselves hurt as much as yeah. possible. They also find uh, find the cl- the cleaner uh, of yeah. the, of this jacket. So they're like, okay, 
Uh, this is gonna this is gonna take us the next step. Um, yeah, they're 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 doing detective work, mm-hmm. like like good little detectives yeah. that they are. Um, very professional. Well done, Thompsons. Luckily, um, this is a guy who takes his jacket to the cleaner. Um, yeah, he's not a fucking dirty nasty man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or someone who washes his jacket himself. Um, but the the meanwhile sort of sequence is like while the Thompsons are doing this, uh, Tintin gets a big box delivered to him. Oh, what could um, be inside this box? It's just it's a very large box. Tintin is a very small little guy. Uh, I'm sure nothing bad will yeah. happen here. It's weird because Tintin hasn't ordered anything that would be this big, so he's like also surprised. Uh, and like meanwhile, while he's reading the address, this guy in the background is, you guessed it, applying chloroform to a cloth. Tuesday again. Just a, just a regular day in, <laughs> in like Tintin's. If, if, if I would chloroform this often, you know, I would like, like I think, like society would have like come up with like some anti-chloroform measures. Yeah, you'd be going around and be like, "Oh, have you like take? Are you wearing your anti-chloroforming mask? Yeah. Are you um taking your like anti-chloroforming like a juice?" Yeah, it could be like an antitoxin uh, stuff, right? In the more yeah, like are you building? Are you like taking your small daily like huff of chloroform to build up a slow tolerance <laughs> so that you can't be chloroformed? God. You, I, I feel like that's going to happen to Tintin eventually. Like, yeah. his body's just going to, you know, like being, if you get bonked on the head enough, it just won't affect you. If you get chloroformed enough, like, you, you're just, you like it actually. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get my chloroform. Have you can had you, your chloroform can today? You microdose chloroform. <laughs> or you just get a little woozy. I, I could see, I could see people get high on that. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's probably a thing. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that's probably like what chloroform is used for these days. Probably. Yeah. Write us in if you're a recreational chloroform user. Tell us about your chloroform. What's hobbies. it like? Um, but yeah, Tintin gets put in the box and the box taken away. Uh, the only person who notices this is Snowy, who, you know, is frantically yelling and trying to warn everyone, but no one else speaks dog. Um, mm-hmm. Particularly Captain Haddock. Captain Haddock's like, "What's going on, buddy?" Not a dog um, linguist. Uh, this is this is this is this is a fun panel because like Haddock literally runs into these people that are carrying away Tintin. Like in and in the panel where he's like, hey, "Snow, what's the matter?" We see in the background as they load Tintin into this car. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Snowy fucking like jumps out of like a first slash second mm. story window like to get to Tintin and like you know Haddock catches him um in in a wonderful wee panel uh, but just know he's fucking off chasing that fan yeah Snowy's on his damn grind Haddock just doesn't get it like yeah Snowy is like barking after this car and running after it and Haddock's like huh so- something must be up with the dog isn't, yeah he's isn't, isn't this dog crazy he's really not a dog person huh like <laughs> Like, I'm not really a dog person, but if I saw a dog, like, fucking losing it after a van, I would be like, okay, something's up with this van. I mean, especially if it's Snowy. Like, Snowy is such a loyal dog, you know? Yeah. And even, like, this, 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 this older lady also is like, it's funny, he never leaves his master. Uh, he could have, he could have made the connection here, I feel like. Yeah. (laughs) But Haddock has simply, like, not read the previous Tintin book, so. Mm. This doesn't yeah, quite that's, understand that's it. Where he's failed. But yeah, there's like a little panel of like Snowy walking down a road before we cut to Tintin waking up in um 
basically an escape room. Yeah. They very the, the the kidnappers like very politely like laid out a mattress, uh, a little blankie, a little blanket, and a big pillow for Tintin to sleep on. Uh, it was pretty very comfy. considerate. Honestly, much better than I gave Rainer when he stayed <laughs> at my house. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, he Tintin starts like talking to someone like from the wall. Like there's like a little eventually finds like a speaker tube. And and the guys who have like kidnapped him basically are like Tintin. We we kidnapped you so that you can tell us where the like all the parchments are. Mm, mm-hmm. And Tintin's like, I what? I don't know that. Um, Tintin isn't in like this. Isn't in like a regular basement or anything. Like it's this is Tintin is like trapped in a gothic castle here. Yeah, is, uh, it's a vibe. It is like if I was chopped anywhere, I would want to be in a gothic castle. Um, and then we have we see like these intercut uh, stories between like these intercut panels between uh, Snowy trying to find Tintin, like chase after, chase after go after this car, and uh, mm. Tintin trying to figure out how to get out. Um, mm. And I will say the the snowy one is a lot more compelling. Yeah, of course. Which I mean, it, to be okay, it's mostly just snowy, like walking down roads <laughs> in increasingly poor weather and like getting more and more covered in mud. He looks so pissed off. He hates this, but he's gotta find Tintin. I'm. It's a very um, compelling, like oh, simple but compelling uh, story structure or like story elements of dog, mud, wet. <laughs> <laughs> The, the three elements that you need to tell a story. It was like storytelling, like screenwriting 101, right? It's always yeah. like the first thing you learn is uh, how to write a story about a dog getting wet. Yeah, it's dog wet. Like, you know, people will tell you about the fucking seven step hero's mm. journey or like the 14 step, like Kingdom Hearts heroes are robots, <laughs> but like, this is where it's really at. Like, yeah. you don't need any of that. Yeah, there's the, uh, there's the, this like, dramatic moment of this 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 denou- denouement of the story where snowy finally fa- finds a finds a river oh, not a river what it's called it's called a fucking stream burn stream stream is probably right uh he jumps into a stream and now he's clean again yay immediately gets splashed by a car in the next panel uh, and is e- <laughs> even wetter and dirtier than it's been before his little face, because they've heard just done that thing where, like, that they're co- like he's covered in mud, but like his eyes are still just like extremely wide yeah. and poking out through the mud, and he's doing a blip. Um, for Snowy, yeah. Meanwhile, all this has been happening. Tintin has been, you know, solving the escape room. Yeah, I mean, they really left him a lot of things to work with. Like, if they hadn't given him this like blanket and sheets, uh, he wouldn't have been able to do this like DIY ramp that he builds here. Um, pretty high budget escape room to like <laughs> have to because Tintin like demolishes the wall to get through to the next room, and obviously in the escape room they're gonna have to like rebuild that for the next like uh-huh. set of customers. So that's this pretty high quality escape room. I'm very, I'm very impressed. Yeah, he's getting a lot of value for like not even having paid for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sure they're just like, you know, they're getting him in there for the exposure. He's going to, you know, he's a journalist. He's going to write them a really nice review in the next edition of Le Soir or like whatever. Nathan for you type strategy of like, our escape rooms are failing. What are we going to do? The plan. We kidnap unknowing people. <laughs> we kidnapped Tintin. 
<laughs> and then we make them like give us a, a TripAdvisor review yeah. afterwards. Um, so yeah, Tintin escapes into the next room, which is like completely full of junk. Um, and by junk, we mean like antiques. It is so full of stuff. Like this it's is so full of stuff. This is the most stuff you've ever seen. It's just like okay, so imagine some stuff. Uh huh. Now I add more stuff to that <laughs> stuff. That's not enough stuff. Keep adding stuff. No, no, no. Like double the amount. Okay. No, no, no. Stop. That's too much stuff. Yeah. Okay, imagine yeah. like a Wes Wardo book, but like Tintin is Wardo. That's what's happening here. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, we also have these. The bad guys are just like these. These two people with identical faces. Uh, they really do have identical <laughs> faces. Like, are they supposed to be brothers, or do they just? Know look like that they just both have both have this very stern face um one of them is balding and the other is like balding in a different way um <laughs> yeah balding brackets variant yeah and it's a classic hairstyle of when you're bald but still have the that like tonsure cut is that what it's called the thing that like uh, i don't fucking know i think tonsure is when there's like a hole in the middle of it yeah like what that monks do yeah i mean this guy kind of has that except he doesn't have he doesn't just have a hole, but he just, you know, I, I, I'm struggling so hard to describe this haircut, but it's like, when you're bald, but your hair in the back still, like, grows out. Is it a... You refuse to shave that. Oh, is it a comb-over? That's the other guy. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. <laughs> anyway, they're the... In in the scale of, like, bad guys, not my... Not not the most, like, captivating ones, like... Yeah, they just kind of look like guys. Yeah, they're just guys. They're just guys. They're also very, like, unlike in, in like, because, like, the Black Islands had, like, a similar thing, but they were, like, very, like, they were, like, very, like, cacklingly evil guys. And yeah. this one are, like, when they're, like, there's some noise coming down from where Tintin is, and they go in a very measured pace <laughs> they go downstairs. Yeah, they're so, not, like, these guys... Not that disturbed. You know, they look like they're evil, of course, but they only look like that because they look like they own land. Which is the most evil there is. It really is, like, you know... Um, so there's this, like, comedy junk-based chase hide-and-seek sequence involving, like, a suit of armor, a really big vase, lots of trip hazards, yep. some timpani, an abacus. It's just a lot's going on. Very good, like, Hergé, like, Hergé-tiered chase sequence. Yeah, pretty good chase sequence. Uh, this, I don't think we've had one like this before. We had a lot of, like, open-the-road chase sequences, but we haven't had, like, a chase sequence in a really busy room i just you know the the like brain genius decision to just add junk and objects into the chase sequence like and it's not just like as we said this this has a lot of stuff like it's really what makes it stick out and is that it's not just like a couple of objects but it's like the most objects there can be yeah like the, each panel is like Unless there's, like, a real, real close-up on, like, you know, the sort of head and shoulders and face. Like, the panel is just yeah. full of shit. So it's a really specific vibe to have, like, all of these antiques. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, he, he, like, really takes advantage of all the stuff that you can add to this, uh, that you can throw in. Like, there's... Tintin is, like, tripping in stuff. He knocks down a vase. Uh, then in the end, he's, like breaking an abacus so that all the like little balls roll around so the bad guys trip on them mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
yeah, like, so while they're tripping and slipping and falling comedy style, he escapes from the cellar and locks them in, and then he's free to roam around the rest of the house, which yeah. is a very fancy house. Yeah, he Tintin has uh, cleared the quick time event, and now he can, like... <laughs> Explore. You can explore. Um, can click you can just on unlock everything. more of the map. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so he goes into a room and there's a phone, so he clicks on the phone. Um, he also clicks on a letter that's on the desk yep. and you know it zooms into the letter to show the address of where he is. Which is England now that I look at this. Yeah. It looks like they he are is in England. It looks like they are siblings though, because it says Monsieur M plus G Bird. So I guess they're like yeah they okay yeah they probably are they're the bird brothers bird brothers they're it yeah. says they're antique dealers so it explains all the junk they have sorry but I am just looking at that it says England <laughs> and the fact that Robin I last... wonder if this is a translation thing did, did, like did it I'm just gonna look up Marlin Spike Hall is this place which is yeah in in French this place is called Moulinsard okay. And, and it's in France. I think this is, yeah. And it's modeled or after Belgium. a real, like, manor in, um, yeah, it says, uh, okay. <laughs> Great. So this is on the Wikipedia article for Marlin Spike Hall. Marlin Spike Hall is located in Belgium. The original English language translators of the Tintin books caused some confusion to English speaking readers by giving the address of Marlin Spike Hall as Marlin Shire, England in The Secret of the Unicorn. However, details such as car number plates, traffic traveling on the right-hand side of the road, the appearance of the Marlin Spike police, who uh, wear the black and red uniforms of the Belgian gendarmerie, confirmed that Ergie's intention was to locate the hall in his native Belgium. It really makes sense why Robin never realized that Tintin yeah. wasn't an English media property. Localization shit is so weird. Like It's so weird. I'm, it's so inconsistent. It's just weird that that localizers or translators like can't trust audiences to understand that this is translated from a different language. So it also obviously takes place in a different country. Yeah, like, it's not it's not that hard to understand. I mean, and it's it's again, it's not it's not even like it's a jelly donut kind of situation where um you know the english-speaking audiences aren't going to know what an ornigiri is so the translators like just kind of sub in sort of something vaguely familiar it's like you you assume that people in england know that belgium exists (laughs) you know like it's pretty simple stuff maybe it's like the idea that um english-speaking people won't be interested in reading a story that takes place in Belgium, God, or France, I mean, or like a non-English-speaking country. I, I mean, yeah, uh, you kind of go on there. <laughs> so as he's, Tintin is trying to call up the captain, uh, but uh, the reception is very bad. Yeah, he doesn't have any signal on his iPhone. Yeah, um, we've all been there. He says, "Siri, call my boyfriend." <laughs> but yeah, while he's trying to like talk to Haddock, and Haddock is just like, "What? Hello, hello, hello." Um, we get introduced to a new friend. New guy dropped. New kind of butler just dropped. <laughs> this is just the most butler that has ever been. Like this is this. You look up butler, and then it's just Nestor. Literally, like this is um, this is a returning character. Spoilers for the, I guess next book. <laughs> yeah, because I think like yeah, like we talked about this last last time, but like I forgot about Nestor. Yeah that Nestor was a thing but like he showed up and I was just like this is the most butler 
I've ever seen in my life. And honestly, I don't know if that's because he is the quintessential butler or because the idea in my mind of what a butler is has been taken from Nestor in the first place. Like, it's yeah. kind of like an Ouroboros of butlers in my mind. Yeah, I'm not sure I had, like, any butler exposure before I read Tintin. <laughs> like, I was familiar with the term, but, you know, it is... Uh, he has such a, like, perfectly, like, oblong face. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's, the, it's the shape of face that butler has, yeah. you know? Oh my god, I just, uh, sorry, I just remembered how an Artemis file has a big butler. His name is Butler. Yeah. And his name's just Butler. It's Butler. Ah, that's Butler, babe. Um, <laughs> great the- book series. Wonderful movie. <laughs> yeah, in the movie, he's like, nobody, don't call me Butler. My name is whatever. I don't remember what his name in the movie is. Oh god, like. I fucking forgot about that part of the movie. Yeah, for no Jesus. reason. Like I don't, I don't get why. Uh, they yeah, did that. I don't. Listen, it was a great movie. Who are we to question it? It had Judy Dench. I mean, it is a. Top of the it is a great movie. Uh, I totally, I fully understand what the MacGuffins in it are, and I, I mm-hmm. we know what's happening. I know what's happening in that movie. <laughs> So, um, yeah, Nestor comes in, and well, he is a butler, but he does his best to fight Tintin. So him and Tintin are kind of, like, having a little tussle while Tintin is on the phone, being like, Captain, I'm at Marlinspike Hall! Marlinspike Hall! No, it's Marlinspike! And, like, Haddock, like, can't quite hear what's going on. Mm. Nesta um, has very limited stats. Like, if you're in a if you're in a D&D fight and your DM is, like, throwing in Nestor, it's like, he's gonna delay your... Uh, he might, like, delay the combat by, like, one turn, but, like, he doesn't have, like... <laughs> any high stats in anything but he's still trying like he's still an obstacle but, yeah that's that's what i respect even more about him like he has zero combat stats but like he's just got like an instinct to like protect the house and get rid of intruders so he's doing his best he has no gun proficiency but he's still like trying to <laughs> he has yeah he later he has this uh what the fuck is this thing called that you use if you're like baking stuff and you want to make the dough flat uh, rolling pin? Yeah, he has this rolling pin that he tries to hit people with, but he is like not very good at aiming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, Tintin uh, knocks Nestor out with the the phone thingy that we don't know the name of the the little the curly thing. Yeah. The, the the hand the headset? No. Millennials posting their L's. <laughs> I'm googling phone anatomy. <laughs> One of them is. The- it's hard because. My keyboard is underneath my mic and I can't really reach it. God damn it, it's just showing me pictures of iPhones. Fuck! Diaphone. Oh, okay. Let's see. I've got a picture of a phone. Oh, old time telephones. Design, history, and restoration. Rotary dial. This isn't a diagram. Uh, let's see. Construction. A rotary dial typically features a circular construction. I'm getting some diagrams that say handset. Yeah, apparently the, the bit that has the numbers on them is called the faceplate. Damn. Um, it says the faceplate is printed with numbers and sometimes letters corresponding to each finger hole. Mmm. Uh, Spicy. What's the other thing? A curved device called a finger stop sits above the dial at approximately the four o'clock position. That's the thing where you like rotate the, uh, rotate the faceplate 
and then it stops. Mm, the, the 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 thing that Spinny Ryan did yes. that go. I think I had a I had a play with one of those once. It was very good fun. What is the top thing called? Though? I don't think it worked. Because yeah, because th- th- these phones that say handset are all like nineties phones. Because it only only talks about the rotary part. Like, what is the top part of a phone? Earphone. Receiver, transmitter, is that it? plungers, cradle. Dia, I'm looking at a phone diagram. Oh. <laughs> okay, so I think this is like a 50s or 60s phone. It also says handset for the thing. Rotary. What are rotary tile phones and how do they work? Handset. Yeah, I guess I guess handset is the right term for this. Huh. Uh, because I googled rotary phone handset and I'm getting uh, stock images of just that part. Uh, cool. Very disturbing images to see just this part. This one is insane. I found one image where someone uh-huh, connected a rotary phone handset to a flip phone. Yeah, to a fl- see, I feel like I've seen like aux cord plug in like handsets, like big handsets that you can like plug into your phone uh-huh. and like, oh my god, that is a disturbing <laughs> image. I don't know why the fact that it's a flip phone really just like it fucks has a me very... up. Like if it was like a fucking iPhone or whatever, <laughs> it would be fine, but the flip phone? This is the most menacing aura. Like this is This is a it's gonna show up in a JoJo panel and it's <laughs> gonna turn out that this is someone's stand. This is <laughs> Like, this is a phone that I played. I put a lot of R's in Snake into in about 2009. <laughs> Fucking. Um, Jojo Part 9 is gonna have a guy who can touch a, uh, who can touch a flip phone and it grows out this, uh, this handset thing. God. And if you touch it, it's gonna pull you inside. I mean, that's, that's it. That is a pretty cool stand for. I'd, I'd be gonna, yeah. This is this is my uh, phone. This is my stand. Call me by your name. This one costs this uh, this cell phone headset that you can connect to your cell phone. It says the description says this is a the remolded, updated handset from a mid-century telephone and enables you to talk comfortably on your cell phone. <laughs> mm. Uh huh. Yeah, because so, it's so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable that I can't hold this uh, handset in my hand that is plugged in weirdly in my phone. This costs thirty-five dollars, but it is currently not available due to overwhelming demand. It's got to be a scam website, right? Like, there's no way they're making this thing Absolutely. for real. Absolutely. I mean, maybe it exists, but there's like yeah. three of them. Overwhelming demand by three people. And it, it's you, me, and Robin. <laughs> We learned so much about phones. We've learned so much about phones. Uh, <laughs> truly, we're becoming, uh, we're transcending our millennialness yeah. um, and learning about old timey phones. Um, fuck. Okay, yeah. Tintin uh, knocks out Nestor. He runs away again. Um, there's sort of another chase sequence through the house. Mm-hmm. There's a dog involved now. Yeah, yeah. So like, the, Tintin gets chased out into the garden, and they like bring up a big, like mean-looking, also kind of Scooby-Doo-looking dog. This is the kind of dog that Scooby-Doo is, yeah. whatever kind of dog that is. Yeah, except um, without a human consciousness. We don't know that. That's true. We don't know that. Hmm. It's like an ongoing, ongoing discussion within the Scooby-Doo fandoms where the Scooby-Doo is a sin of nature because he is a. He's a dog cursed with a consciousness and there's gonna be 
there's gonna be moments where uh, where he has a crush on a real dog, but that's unethical. Oh no! But he also can't. But he also can't fuck human ladies because that is also no. weird. <laughs> no! Stop! <laughs> oh. Whatever. <laughs> I'm quitting the podcast. We talked about this on other podcasts already, but <laughs> except the thing is, I have read like an article about like um like the sexualization of the, his- the history of the mm-hmm. sexualization of animals and like how like furries are transcending this and I don't want to talk about it actually um Tintin won't shoot a dog <laughs> but he will shoot a man and let's talk about that yeah <laughs> I mean the sequence is whatever this is just like delayed action at this point um I, like, I just I do really want to emphasize the point at which like Tintin is like hold your dog or I'll shoot and he's like mind you it's you I'll shoot. I won't shoot the dog. No. Don't let go of that dog. The dog is nice. The dog is nice. Really I mean, nice. the dog is 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 angry, but you know, yeah, it's not his fault. Situation. It's not his fault. He doesn't have a human consciousness no. like Scooby Doo. So you're tinted like he isn't cursed. Uh-huh. He isn't a pain put into uh, put into existence. It is also like the Just... Terry Pratchett thing, where like every time something gains consciousness, it's like, oh, this is so awful. <laughs> Oh no, like the, like, or like the fucking bowl of petunias in the wheel. They're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, Nesta accidentally knocks out the bad guy, uh, one of the bad guys. Um, but then, then they're pointing the gun at Tintin. Uh, what, what I, what I do like about this sequence is that, so like what happens is like Tintin holds them up at gunpoint, walks them back to the house, Nesta sees this and is like, oh no, I must do something about this. So he hides in a window and then, like, with his full strength, which I'm sure isn't very much because he's Nestor and his stats suck, bonks Tintin in the head. But of course, because Tintin is resistant to bludgeoning damage, this does nothing. So it's actually Nestor's second bonk, which hits his own boss on the head. Great stuff. I'm really obsessed with this idea of Nestor as, like, a, as like a D&D character. Like, if I ever get to play an, a, a new campaign, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to make a butler. Oh my god. And just, like... All your stats are your dump stats. <laughs> I I really like the idea. Like I haven't played D D in a while, but if I were to play again, I would just want to have really bad stats and be really bad at anything because failing is so much yeah. funnier than succeeding at stuff. And I just think D D as a game inherently doesn't like get that. No. Which is why I you know, I prefer systems like uh Part by the apocalypse or like blitz in the dark where like stuff happens when you feel instead of D, where it's just like oh you don't get through this door and now nothing happens like you just but feeling is fun having shit stats is fun not in real life though no um i feel like we should just like hurry to the end of the book we're getting very distracted yeah. <laughs> um and it's just it's just action that happens like that's the it's just action um snowy does finally arrive um and like is to the rescue of Tintin, and then immediately after Snowy arrives to the rescue, Captain Haddock arrives, um, and just like runs into the scene and yeets a bottle of wine at the bad guys. Classic Haddock yeah. stuff. Love it. I mean, it's that stuff where it's like ten pages of like pretty. I mean, it's not like chaotic action in a way that you can follow it very well, but it's like new characters show up, characters accidentally hit the wrong people. Uh, there's like. From every corner, there's someone new showing up and throwing something, uh, which is yeah. great fun to read, very confusing to summarize. Yeah, like, there's an extended, like, sequence with the Thompson twins' hats, where their, yeah. like, hats are pushed too far onto their head, which lasts, like, two more pages. 
Um, which, uh, like, all the while, like, pe- like te- rows and rows of text and exposition is happening. And I'm just like, I, you know, haven't really read this. Yeah. I'm looking at the pictures. You just have to believe us that Tintin and the gang win. Um, yeah, Tintin and the gang win. And to be fair, they way outnumber the bad guys. Like, there's two... There's these two brothers versus Tintin and Snowy and Haddock and the Thompsons. So it's like five versus two. And Nestor is also there who is like technically... Technically a neutral party, I guess. Yeah. He, like he's just working for people. Yeah, Tintin is like, Tintin is like, no, don't arrest Nestor. He was just doing what he was told. <laughs> no, don't arrest Nestor. He's so sexy. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a big bee. He's- like that's the other thing. Like he's wearing this bee. yellow and black striped thing, which like makes him look so harmless. Like, See, well, no, but like if we're going by like bee or wasp rules, yeah. he's like wearing the yellow and black stripes to like warn people that like he's dangerous. But instead of actually being dangerous, he's like one of those like fake bees that have those to make people think they're dangerous, but actually they can't do shit. Yeah, he's like when he's like when Winnie the Pooh dresses up as a bee. What is it? supposed to be? I feel like that happened Crazy? at one point. Gotta see this. Bee uh. costume. I find it. Oh, this is so cute. <laughs> um. Oh, anyway, uh, the rest of the book's plot is solved by them finding the pickpocket who has everyone's wallets, and also the pieces of parchment are in the wallets, and everyone's wallets is fine. And also, the pickpocket is just a guy who does it because he likes to do it. Yeah, um, this is like classic Hergé treatment of like psychological phenomena that he heard somewhere about kleptomaniacs, and he was like, "Oh, I, I understand. I understand it." I do. Okay, I do like really like how this ties everything together, though. It's just like silly and ridiculous, and like kind of like XD a random haha banana kind of random yep. but like it it does work and like the sort of scene when they're in this guy's like house and he's just got rows and rows of like people's wallets and they're all alphabetized and they just like go through the letters and they're like yep we found the wallets we like bye yep and yeah like again shout out to the, the scene where the thompsons go to tea and then every single wallet in the tea section is just one of theirs it's really good uh, um, you would have heard my more authentic reaction to this on the first attempt of recording this, but you'll just have to like go into your Sherlock Holmes mind palace and find it for yourself. Yeah, but like this, this, this gag really got me when I read this. Read it like it's such a it's such a funny callback to something that was set up in the book, but you kind of forgot about it because all the action was happening, and to just then come back to, I don't know, it's just a, such a good payoff for like a running gag that that not that that like the entire tea section is what it's stolen from them it's very good um so uh last page of last two pages of the book they have the three parchments they need they hold them up to the light they get some coordinates to go to to find the sunken unicorn ship and yay and then tintin looks directly into the camera and advertises the next book to us tintin says <laughs> tintin asks the captain how much time he needs to prep for uh, for the next adventure and he's like yep we're gonna need about one month which is when publication of the next comic will start <laughs> because <laughs> Haddock needs to set up the ship I don't know if there was actually one month of publication break but it seems very plausible it's, to me. it like sounds like the sort of thing that, that yeah 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 just the last page it's like you can we'll have plenty of adventures on our treasure hunt you can read all about them in all capital letters red rackham's treasure that's the book that's the book i like the i like the adventure gamey like uh solving of the puzzle like it's is there a 
Tintin adventure game. It's true. I mean, it, I guess it. I think it exists. Like we found out, there's like a bunch of like PlayStation, like PS1, PS2 games. Um, I'm not sure. Tr- oh yeah, because did like Roy find? Yeah, them? Uh, they're yeah. probably not very good. Is the thing like you could do a really good one, but I don't believe that these like Belgian t- PS1 games. Are, like... I just the Adventures of Tintin snowy game. I this is okay. This is a 3D game. I hate this. No, it's bad. I mean, there's other ones. There's 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 a there's like five or six Tintin games. Like, there's there's a bunch. Yeah. There's a Tintin in Tibet game, which is very weird to me because like oh. that book doesn't really like that's not a classic Tintin adventure where it's like, like that had like adventure stuff. Like that's a very like yeah. introspective book. So I don't I don't know how well they can adapt that into video game form. Ooh. Article from uh, April 2020 saying a new Tintin game is in the works and um, from GamesRadar.com. I'm sure it's fine. Um, okay. I'm sure that's a website. I'm sure it's gonna be bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, we rated this last time. What did we rate? We rated, rate it. We rated I think, it. I mean, obviously we gave it five out of five. Yeah, we gave it five stars and said it's the best one. <laughs> I'd put it at the top. Uh, it's just very good. It's just very. It this this like sets the gold standard for like all the Tintin books from here on. Yeah, yeah. Like this, 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 this is this this is the DNA of what uh Tintin is gonna work off from. It's uh yeah. Like you know, just it's more it's great that it's more character focused on uh on like Haddock's backstory like that really makes it uh, makes it stick out it's like to, it has more of a it doesn't have it has less of a scope in in a way of like cuz like stuff like King Ottokar had like or like the Blue Lotus right like previous previous books had like Tintin for no good reason stumbling into like big political intrigues stuff like s- things that have like a big uh the huge scope worldwide or like nationwide at least uh and tintin for like no good reason is in there just because he found something uh even the shooting star even the last one had like you know several countries involved and in this yeah. one it's like really refreshing to see a story that is just like something from from headaches backstory and why several people like several bad guys are also interested in it it doesn't it feels more um I'm not gonna say like not not intimate, but it feels like more like you know on a on a smaller scope on a on a on a more like it 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 presents more of this microcosmos I guess of 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 all these uh, characters and less of a less of a big internet. Um, yeah, you know, because like you know, Shooting Star was obviously like very sus because of Nazi shit and the. Like him being like, ah, oh, politics, yeah. political commentary, and it's just like it's really fucking pleasant to like be in a space where it, like it's just small personal stakes, and Hergé can like play around with all the characters he likes without like running into like the walls of like racism, political, yeah. just like just just <laughs> there's no distasteful stuff in this. Yeah, it's very nice how uh, how disconnected from anything happening in the real world it is. Like this is pure escapism, which many people will use escapism as like a bad term, but like in this case, it's good (laughs) when the alternative is like very um, problematic politics. Yeah, 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 Uh, yeah, and and yeah, like it's like related to that. This is also the most like the least problematic out of all of the ones we've read, besides maybe 
Besides maybe the Black Island that also didn't have anything offensive, but like this one. Mm. This one oh was... no, it it definitely had stuff offensive to the English yeah. whenever it was translated. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it, Secrets of the Unicorn. Hope you liked it. Um. Yeah, a book so good we recorded an episode about it twice. Yep. Yeah, follow, follow us everywhere on the socials. Uh, give us five stars on iTunes. I'm still trying to find that picture of my fucking... Um, <laughs> like ancestor well we'll we'll update you next episode I guess with Red Rackham's treasure as the next one uh, we'll just let you know if Sarah has found that pick um, but it's, it's a good pick until then you'll take the high road and I'll take the low Ist es fast wie Hohn, schweigt das Telefon. Kein Schwein ruft mich an, keine Sau interessiert sich für mich. Und ich frage mich, denkt gelegentlich jemand mal an mich? Vielleicht, dass manche mich Im Land der Dänen wähnen oder fern von hier, wo die Hügel.